listening to Young PR Pros, episode 45. gentlemen and welcome to Young PR Pros, a weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Simpson in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Julia Kent, also in Ottawa. And we have a very special guest with us. You want to introduce yourself? Hi there, it's uh, William Johnson. So Will is communications and event management and student affairs professional at Carleton University in Ottawa. Um, You may know him better on Twitter as Social Eccentric, so that's him on Twitter. Um, And when he's not in the office, he's busy blogging and tweeting. Um, Will is an eclectic member of Ottawa Twitter Society. Um, Will, you and I, where did we meet for the first time? Was it a third Tuesday? It is... Almost 100% likely it was a third, or a third Tuesday. I would definitely say that. Yeah, I, I think you we, we connected online and chatted a little bit online, and then we finally met each other in person at a third Tuesday. So uh, Will's, you know, um, definitely into the social media here in Ottawa, the social media world. And we actually profiled him two episodes ago as uh, one of the persons that you should be following on Twitter, on our Who to Follow series. And I have to say, you were far too kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, don't get on our bad side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we, haven't, we haven't started our series called Who Not to Follow, so. Yeah. <laughs> coming, to a, coming to a podcast near you. <laughs> so, uh, Julie and I wanted to invite Will on the show because you just, I mean, we follow you on Twitter and you always have great things to say and we thought it would be really great to have you on the show. And of course, when we asked you to come on the show, we actually asked you uh, if there was a specific topic you'd like to talk about. Would you like to share that topic that we're going to talk about today? Yeah, certainly. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it was a really neat podcast, and I'm definitely excited to be here. So the topic I wanted to talk about, which I think is something that everyone will be interested in, is PR career and strategy tips from non-PR books. I thought it'd be really interested or interesting for listeners. I also thought it would be interesting to see what different books we all brought to the table. I'm really excited about this, and you know what? I think I'm going to have to force Julia to go first no! because her book is so great, and I'm so excited to hear why no! she chose it. I wanted, I wanted to be the last one, actually, but, but I will oblige you. I will oblige you. Um, okay, so. Can I start by saying that? <laughs> can I start by saying that Will and Christine uh, picked <laughs> books that make them sound smart, <laughs> and I picked a book that makes me sound like a teenager. No, um, I have good reasons for why I picked my book. The the it's not a book. I picked a trilogy. The trilogy I picked that I think um, I learned a lot and has a lot of examples of PR in is The Hunger Games. So I chose The Hunger Games. and Have you guys both read The Hunger Games? 
No, I haven't, but I've, I have a lot of people who, I think it's you who keep telling me that I, I should read it. Probably, so. <laughs> probably. Will, have you read them? I have not read any of them. I actually struggle oh, to get through. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle to read fiction I'm about, I'm about ready to resign as podcast co-host, okay? <laughs> Anyways, okay. So both of you are going to go home and read the trilogy. <laughs> Deal. Now that we're past that. Um, the Hunger Games is, the games are, it's basically, it's a post-apocalyptic, um, utopian world. And these games are games that are forced upon, um, uh, the, the inhabitants of this land, Panem, um, as a reminder not to rebel against the government. And the games are basically, you have to fight until the death. People are chosen to fight until the death. So, Media relations and public relations dominate the entire plot. Um, basically, the government broadcasts the games. They film and broadcast the games and force the entire country to watch them whether they want to or not. And um, there are PR people assigned to every um, competitor in the games. And their, basic, their job is basically to spin the competitors um, to win fans and to um, create a persona, um, real or fake, uh, that is going to gain them supporters in the games. And the more supporters you have, the more um, money you have, and therefore the more likely you are to win the game because you have like, better tools and better medicine and these sorts of things. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, huge amounts of reputation management uh, involved in that. Um, and one of the biggest, uh, biggest PR stunts in The Hunger Games is that um, PETA and Katniss, the two main characters, are spun um, by their PR doctor to um, <laughs> appear as though they're madly in love. And that the people watching the games, um, you know, they love a good love story, so they just... Are, are, you know, they just melt for this love story on the games, and ultimately they, they end up winning it. So, um, I probably ruined the book for you. I was about to say, you just ruined it. I don't have to read yeah, it now. but it's, no, <laughs> yeah. no, you still have to read it. It doesn't, it's, it's pretty much, in a, like, it's pretty much inevitable that they're going to win it, because it's a trilogy, and the games are just the first book. So, like, you know, it's, that's how it's going, but, um... It's just the entire book. The, uh, the entire book is reputation management, huge amount of gover government relations, consumer relations, media relations, the entire thing. It's all about spinning the competitors in that game to appear a certain way so that the audience relates to them, loves them, and subsequently throws their money behind them. So good luck to both of you in beating this <laughs> as a good example. <laughs> Well, one thing that I want to say on that, um, and it's a lesson that uh, I know we take from Ginny Dietrich, the whole spinning, um, or we try not to use the word spin in a negative connotation, but in this book, when you say they spin the stories and they're spin doctors, are they going back to the old kind of public relations on how we used to do anything to get a story? Yeah. They definitely are in this book. So, so it's kind of showing the past of where public relations used to be. Exactly. And uh, it, yeah, it, it's definitely, you know, these are some unethical things. Like they even make up a baby at some point. Like it's just <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. Um, but the books are so good. You both have to read them and you will see. You'll see what I mean. Like they're literally start to finish PR stories, like the entire book. Well, I oh, feel like we're, we're saying the word spin in a negative connotation, but couldn't we call it storytelling? In a way, 
Yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's sure. what it's known more as today. It is storytelling. Um, just because, I mean, if you know Jenny Dietrich at all and you go to her website, which is called spinsucks.com for a reason, she's basically trying to take our industry and bring it out of that, you know, 1950s age of Mad Men where we would do anything to get a story. And we now actually, you know, our industry, both public relations and communications and marketing professionals all around, we follow a code of ethics, we follow um, morality, you know, we have morale, morality when it comes to sharing stories. And, you know, naturally, we try not to pitch our journalists um, fluff and that kind of stuff. We try to do everything um, with, with ethics in mind nowadays. So that's, uh, I, I think it's um, interesting. And I, I don't know when I'll get time to read The Hunger Games, but <laughs> you know what? I they're think so fast, though. Really? Like, I read all three in like a weekend. Oh, yeah, they're so fast. Oh, okay. They're just so, they suck you in and they're so easy, <laughs> they're so easy to read. Like, you'll just fly through them and just start. All right, I guess I'll have to put them on my list of books to read. <laughs> put them at the top. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, next, uh, let's have our guest, um, William Johnson, tell us what his book is. Certainly. So the book I'd like to talk about briefly is called Nelson Mandela, Portrait of an Extraordinary Man. Um, now, I think everyone knows who Nelson Mandela is. He was the, he became the president of South Africa. He was in prison for 27 years. And this book about him was written by Richard Stangle, who is the managing editor of Time magazine. Uh, this whole book is amazing, but I'd like to focus on one of the chapters that talks about Nelson Mandela and whatever, um, again, this is after he got out of prison. This is before he was president. Um, and it just talks about how measured he was and how, um, how much focus he had and how specific he was with what he said, when he said it, and where he said it. And essentially just um, like message and control. There's actually a chapter called Be Measured. When I'm thinking of public relations and communications, um, I think that's a very key thing when it comes to communications professionals and their organizations. Um, whatever, whether it's a crisis or whether it's talking about marketing um, a product, there are, there are always uh, conflicting opinions, interests, there are varying insights. And a lot of the time it comes down to the communications professional to take all of those things in, uh, sort of distill a message from, from whatever, again, from all the competing interests and produce something that is clear and concise and that the public um, can digest very easily. And there's a really neat anecdote about how focused this guy was whenever, again, turmoil struck. There's a really neat anecdote that uh, Richard Stengel talks about where Richard is with Nelson Mandela, and Nelson Mandela is greeting a London, an East London rugby team. He's just, like, shaking hands with them at his house. And Nelson Mandela gets a phone call, and he has to go back into the house and on this phone call, he's told that Chris Haney, people probably don't know who he is, but he was the leader of the military wing of the African National Congress, uh, Mandela's party, uh, and he had been assassinated. So Nelson Mandela takes this call. He says, you know, thank you for this news. Obviously upsets him, but he goes back outside, continues to shake hands with all these rugby players. They obviously have no idea what has just taken place. And days after this happened, there were a lot of media reports about Mandela being, you know, frantic and uh, basically, you know, in distress. But Richard Stengel, who was with him, actually says he was, you know, he was icily calm. He was very analytical. Um, 
And ultimately, Richard Stengel goes on to say that it was because of this measured response, despite, you know, what everyone else was saying, we should retaliate, we should do this, because of Mandela's um, measured response, uh, essentially crisis was averted, essentially, uh, that's the reason why Mandela was able to bring the nation back together, and eventually, again, become president eventually. So I think, again, when we're thinking of PR and strategy, and we're thinking of competing interests within an organization, and what people want to say, and people's opinions... I think it's the role of the communications professional, again, to distill those opinions and those insights to produce something that is clear, concise, rational, and easy for the public to digest. So, again, it's a really, really, really neat read. Um, and Mandela, again, which is something very measured in his approach to, to public life, to his speeches, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I've never actually read his biography, but um, like so many other books out there, it's on my list of um, books to read. And and hearing you uh, talk about um, the biography and some of the things that he's done, unfortunately, Julia, it's moved up to, you know, higher than the Hunger Games right now. No. <laughs> But I think that's a great uh, a great lesson to take away from um, from that book, and also a great lesson for our our listeners, our, our young professionals, especially those three words: clear and con- uh, sorry, two words. Uh, writing something and having a message to be clear and concise. So often nowadays, and I find this happens, and you see it a lot in Ottawa, just because we're inundated with uh, government communications, a lot of times the messages that are coming out of of government press releases or government communications are always very complicated and very hard to digest. And I understand that everyone in the room wants to get their little piece in that message. But when you start piling on just too much, then it doesn't make sense anymore. And now you're not communicating because no one understands your message. So I think that's a great, um, being clear and concise in your messaging is so, so, so important in the communications world. So I guess it's your turn. Yes, it's my turn. So I chose, I also chose a biography. Uh, I chose Steve Jobs' biography written by Walter um, Isaacson. And when I first started reading the book, I actually didn't didn't enjoy it at first when I first started reading it because I, I started to see this man behind Steve Jobs that uh, it made me almost hate him. <laughs> and hate's a very strong word, right? But I just was seeing all these things about his personality, the way he treated his employees. And as the book kept going on, there was a lot of parts where I felt like I can't believe that this is the man that actually changed, you know, our industry when it comes to music, movies, computers, um, and phones. You know, he's, he changed four major industries. But as I started to read through it a little bit more, you come across a couple chapters where you start getting a little bit more of a softer side and you start seeing a little bit more why he's so successful. And I think the one thing that I took away from his book is you can't get anywhere without doing hard work. Steve Jobs worked day and night and Unfortunately, he worked, he, he worked a lot <laughs> and it, it actually ruined some of his marriages and, 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 you know, made it very hard for his family life. I, I know we've talked about it on the podcast on being able to balance your personal life and your work life. And that's important, but I think it's also very important to note that just doing a nine to five job if you want to be as successful as some of these big names in public relations and communications, doing nine to five just doesn't cut it anymore. Unfortunately, um, you have to work hard to get 
high up there. And Steve Jobs is just one example. And, and if you read his biography, you just, he, he worked a lot and he worked really hard and yeah, it's, you can't get anywhere without working hard, basically. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I, that's something that, again, at Carleton University, I try and reiterate to students that you must put in, like, the time, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. Success doesn't come easy. Or it shouldn't, at least. Well, <laughs> well, and Steve's Jobs is one of the best examples of, of hard work. Yeah. And, and, and making it not just far, but as far as you can go, in my opinion. I mean, like, can you be any more... Successful? <laughs> no. no, I think, I think he pretty point. much peaked. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would agree. Now, that book is not on my to do to read list. No. Is there a reason why it's not? Um. Well, it's very. I was long. Say it's long. I haven't. <laughs> it too, is. And haven't been able to read it because I'm like, this is way too long. <laughs> well, it took me forever. Span, <laughs> my attention span is not the best. Anybody who knows me knows that. You know, it's yeah. It's not. It's not great. Um, you hear that, listeners? That's why we have a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try to keep it short. The funny part is, is that I can talk for as long as I can talk forever. That's the same I with me. I can't pay attention to anything else for very long. Yeah, well, I think the three of us are in that book. Because <laughs> Christine's like that too. No. Although I'm sure she has better focus. Oh, it took me a long time to read, though. And there was a point where I actually put it down. And this was the point where I realized that I just did not like the man anymore. I said, I just, I don't like his ethics. I don't like the way he became successful. Um, I don't like his LSD trips. And I was like, you know what? I'm putting the book down and I'm not reading anymore. And it sat on my desk, uh, on my desk for a long time, like for a good couple of weeks. And then finally I said, you know what? I can't just put a book down and not finish it. I'm like, I know yeah, that there's well. something more. And as, I mean, I think what happened is as the book goes on, you know, it, it goes later on in his life and he did mature a little bit. So he wasn't as hard on his employees and he kind of realized that he had made mistakes in his early life, but really that man worked hard and you could see what hard work does. And you could just look at any successful, you know, Bill Gates didn't do it just by doing a nine to five. He worked hard as well. Look at Ginny Dietrich. I'll mention her again. Cause you know, she is my idol, but she doesn't work nine to five. She's always up at five 30 in the morning. Um, and she works right until dinner. If not after, you know, she's constantly online engaging, um, and work. When I say work, I don't mean sitting at a computer in an office work. Work includes, you know, having your own podcast, uh, blogging, engaging on Twitter, going to networking events, uh, doing professional development events, you know, working is more than just the, the nine to five. It's doing those extra things to be able to take your career to the next level. And I think Steve Jobs, despite some of his early shortcomings in his life, um, really, really taught me, um, really taught me that hard work will get you very far. So... If there's no last minute things that anyone wants to share before we end? No. No. So I think we're good. <laughs> so <laughs> we've said it all. We've covered it all. We've said it all. So that brings our episode to a close. We want to thank everyone for spending this time with us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, send us your ideas of a book, a non-public relations book that you think that has taught you something very uh, important for your own career. 
Feel free to send us an email at youngprpros at gmail.com. You can also comment or engage with us on Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, LinkedIn, basically anywhere in the online sphere. Or you can quickly chat with us on uh, Twitter at youngprpros, at Christine Simpson, and at Kent Julia. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.